We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Twas the podcast before Christmas, and all through the town, the trees and the lights, and the shoppers abound. Corey and Rando have monitors aglow to see if their models predict Christmas snow. The people are asking, will Christmas be white? In hopes that Starndar would say, it might. One way to find out, the models would proclaim, so they got on their computers and they called them by name. Now Euro, Canadian, GFS, and NAM, give us a forecast and not just a sham. But each one was different, causing Stormdar much stress. But we're not gonna hype, they both said with finesse. A white Christmas for all? Is it gonna snow? The podcast before Christmas just might let you know. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 47. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And this is our Twas the Podcast Before Christmas. What is it I hear? Is that that's sleigh bells? Water leak or something? Yeah, that's sleigh bells because uh, we are doing our special Christmas show. Uh, before the holidays this year. Well, Merry Christmas, Rando. Merry Christmas. And today is a very special podcast because we have two of our best friends joining us for the podcast today. First, we have Miss, Miss, Mrs., Ms., Mrs., Mrs., Karen Halfpop. So, how are, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Storm Dar. Yes. I'm try, still trying to figure out which one is Storm and which one is Dar. I'm not sure. Hmm. Corey, do we know that one yet? I do, but we can't tell you. Oh, okay. It's okay. a big secret. That's, right. that's, well, that's a Stormdar secret. Yes, and that. that amazing voice you heard over here that read our poem. I was, was going to ask who was that golden-throated guy that did. Yeah. <laughs> <The dulcet laughs> tones of Greg Pyram. Yes, oh. Mr. Greg Pyram from KRZK Radio. Thank radio you. Host. Thank yes. you for having so, me. This is welcome fun. to our little podcast. I'm, I'm really hoping this is working because uh, I rearranged everything and we're having four people. Uh, on the podcast. This is my first, so it's a Stormdar podcast first. Wow. wow. Yeah. So are you guys gearing up for the Christmas season? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just uh, did a full afternoon and evening of shopping on Sunday. I think we're about 90% there now. Oh, good. Because yeah. oh. we're a week out. Yeah. Oh, my, my Christmas shopping was done on December 1st. I would like to let everyone know December first. So. That's never happened before. Karen, so. gets, Karen, Karen gets the gold star today. <laughs> no, that that's insane. That was history making, and so I'm kind of thinking, hmm, if we made history with Karen getting her shopping done that early, mm. would we maybe make history on Christmas Day? Well, we're a week out, and I I've got about half of mine done. Mm. So, Corey, how about you? I have five kids ranging from ages. One to twenty. So the the guys at Amazon, Walmart.com, UPS, and FedEx, we all know each other by you know on a first name basis. First name basis. <laughs> so I'll leave them some 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 water or Gatorade out front there. They can just pick it up, and you know they didn't. They never. 
they never ring the doorbell. They just leave it there. So, mm-hmm. oh well. The way yeah. my porch is situated, it's real high up, and I don't think I'm gonna get any porch pirates. But no, it's a possibility. You never know what's going. I mean, there's a lot of them that are going around. But. I I heard they just opened a branch office where all of them can gather. They're just down the street from you, and then it's that all, makes a lot of sense. Oh, the, yeah. the porch pirate society. No, is that it? No, oh no 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 delivery folks. I'm I'm thinking they should just get like a, a conveyor belt right on into your garage, and then you yeah. just don't have to mess with it. Well, they could just clean it out while they're at it. <laughs> well, that that would be good. Ooh. That would be really good. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's get on to the big story. We mm-hmm. had a little rain event going on the other day, which was very welcome. Um, it was, uh, it, it like, it rained and rained and rained and never stopped for a while. But it wasn't a very heavy rain at all times, so we didn't get a whole lot. People, people were... Uh, messaging us asking, is this more rain than we were expecting? Not really. It, it's raining and it's a soaker, but it wasn't ever really a heavy rain, so we didn't get a whole, whole, whole lot where we didn't experience a lot of flooding around here. Yeah, and I was surprised to see that flash flood watch pop up. I thought, yeah. They were covering their their bases and they were trying <laughs> their to bases yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's his word to use is at christmas time right yeah. <laughs> the, I, the fcc is not listening I've no been, no well, we don't have to worry about that now our backyard yeah, huh? was soaked i mean it was you could go up to your ankles if you weren't careful after yeah. our inch and a quarter in beautiful downtown oh really Rock. Mm-hmm. yeah wow and and, and b creek was uh, running Pretty full. It again was not flooding, but you could tell there had been a really good rain. It's like one of those big spring rains, uh, bring yeah. the level of the creek up, and of course, right along the way there, there's the big, huge um, rock bluffs, and water mm. was just pouring out of them oh, yeah. a day or two later. Oh wow, and it was wonderful to see that much that much moisture this late in the year. I do have an in- interesting tidbit on okay. the rain. Okay. You know, I put out my rain gauge. This, this this time I, I I have it in my laundry room right now, or usually during the winter time, it's just kind of stored. It it's a huge yeah. thing; it's about three foot long. But uh, I did a radar estimate after the rain was over. Okay, storm total, and I did, I used the 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 digital storm total, not the old school where it rounds it to a certain tenth of a. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it yeah. actually tells you what you got or supposedly by radar estimate and it said 1.82 and this is using radar scope the digital storm total and i kid you not 1.82 was in my rain gauge no way of course wow. you know i zoomed into my house i can zoom in right to my house on radar scope uh-huh i was blown away about how accurate that was 1.82 yep wow it is it is kind of amazing that we're getting almost two inches of rain here on the first week of december mm-hmm. and everybody but, says well Oh, at least it wasn't frozen. Uh, that's true. We're yeah. in this mild pattern right oh, yeah. now. I mean, we're in, we're in kind of a zonal pattern. Zonal is a west to east pattern, and we don't see the jet stream like dipping down. Uh, there is, there, well, I say were. There were indications that the the pattern was going to become more amplified towards the weekend, and that means more of a a dig going down. But still, the temperatures are going to be above freezing. So the big question everybody is wanting to know: Are we going to have a white Christmas? Mm-hmm. I think this is your Christmas weather right now, basically. Yeah, no. Aww. No. Pretty close. Pretty close. No. Sunny and mild for, yeah. for Christmas. I'm yeah. not complaining. I mean, I have to travel. So how, I've traveled yeah. in, the, in the snow right. before, and it's no yes, fun. Yeah. How, how often do we really have a white Christmas, though? It's It's been a while. A long time. It was either 2009 or 2011. Well, we got we got some historical Christmas Day data we, we're going to get into a little bit later. But one of those things is most snow to fall on Christmas Day was three inches in 1892. You remember that, Greg? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I was uh, I was uh, not quite weaned at that point. Oh. So oh, okay. well, let's go over it. the oh, definition God. of what actually is a white Christmas. Do you remember? Yeah. Does it have to fall on Christmas Day or can it fall before well no it can fall before uh the the technical definition they you have to have snow on the ground by sunrise by that morning so when the sun comes up and snow is on the ground that is Is there a certain amount you think i think just i don't know it'd be nice to have like six inches on the ground well (laughs) (laughs) anything that makes it look like a snow globe Mm-hmm. Outside, Ooh, that'd you know, be nice. with those yes. big flakes floating around. Mm-hmm. Now, Karen, you're from Iowa, correct? Yes. So you're you're used to a lot more snow than we're getting from around here. You know, I think it's a commie pinko plot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
I don't uh, remember. Tell, tell us how you really feel. I don't remember during my adulthood uh-huh. having a whole lot of snow on Christmas. What I part mean, of we, Iowa? We had, well, Des Moines. Okay. Right okay. In the right in the middle. Yeah. So you know, we would get snow, but it seems like the snow was just kind of eh, not impressive. And we moved here, and now they're getting all the snow there. Oh no, kidding! And we're not so much here. Am I? Am I not remembering right? I uh, I remember as as a child, I grew up just a few miles south of here in the northern part of Arkansas, uh-huh. and it it seemed like it would snow every year, and it would be like close to knee deep, and I'd ri- get to ride my sled and all of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And yes. you know, I, I can't remember when we've had a, a snow like. Well, I I can back in I think of the. Uh, uh, mid seventies, <laughs> it snowed like that. Well, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I mean, I'm from Springfield, and I remember vividly, you know, those deep snows and going out and building mm-hmm. snow forts mm-hmm. and having my parents, you know, tie tie a sled or something to the back end of the car, and we'd go around the block to sled. And we're not getting that anymore. No, we're not. Is that global warming? Climate change? I think it's climate change. I my preferred phrase is is climate change yes, because yes. the climate is actually changing. It is documented mm-hmm. that it is changing. You know, global warming has such a a stigma attached to it, and everybody gets all in uproar and everything. So I say the climate change. You know, anything that you, that you can prove, we like. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't hype or anything. Like they said in the poem. We will not hype. That's right. And not only, <laughs> and it doesn't only affect winter weather. It also affects spring, you know, tornado outbreaks. It mm-hmm. it affects the hurricanes. It affects everything, mm-hmm. not just you know the snowstorms or or, or or the heat in the summer. You know, yeah. Uh, I have a story about Iowa. Okay. The last time I went to Iowa, it was uh, the off season of 2007, 2008, somewhere around there for Branson. I woke up one day. We had a few days off. And I felt like spending money, evidently. And I got online, <laughs> and I found some tickets, and Phantom of the Opera was playing in a Des Moines. So I thought, how uh, far could Des Moines be? Six hours? Yeah, okay. So <laughs> it was 60 degrees. So I we headed up north, didn't tell the wife. I only had two kids then. Mm. And uh, got to Kansas City, and about you know 35 miles northeast of Kansas City, it started snowing. I wasn't expecting that. It snowed the entire rest of the way to Des Moines. Yeah. And by the time I got to Des Moines, we had about seven inches of snow. And I was like, I, well, oh, I didn't no even expect this. I didn't have a clue. So we went to the play. We had a great time. Uh, of course, we hadn't seen snow in a while. Uh, we went to those, uh, where's the covered bridges? Uh, Madison to, County. Man, yeah, we went through ah. there. And took some pictures in the snow, and it was the most beautiful thing you ever saw. So it was a good trip. And it was 60 degrees in Branson. It was, or this it was area. upper 50s to 60, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out, uh, watching your forecast very carefully, uh-huh. uh, Stormdar, uh, because Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I'm going to be in the St. Joseph area, which is... Okay. An entirely different weather pattern there than here. Oh yeah, they got a and blizzard. We, yeah. Have, yeah. we have fans and, there. Uh, yeah. And so any, anyway, I'm uh, I'm I said okay, what's well, it? Yeah, oh, good. It's still rain. It's going to be about ten degrees cooler than here on Christmas, but uh, mm-hmm. still above freezing. So I feel very good about our trip back and forth. Yeah, and I think you're going to be fine because I've been I've been watching the GFS now about three or four days ago. The GFS wanted to bring a big system in right at Christmas day and on the back end put snow and then the next run mm-hmm. it went away and I have not seen it since and some of the weather apps that people download on their phone were actually saying that we would have an inch of snow on Christmas day yeah, and that's that, just yeah. that's 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 the digital version of hyping right there. I was going to because say, there's yeah, no, yeah. That, was, that was a long time ago, and there's no way they're going to know how much snow's on the ground that far in advance. Well, and we done. learned this last time with this last storm that, you know, you, you projected, or everyone was projecting mm-hmm. that storm mm-hmm. that was spinning off the West Coast to come ashore, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was going to come on shore Wednesday. And it sat and spinned. Mm-hmm. out over the ocean yes. until Thursday, Friday? Thur- Thursday evening. And, yeah, and then things were completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and by that time, it had gone further south. Right. And and then when it went east, 
it robbed everything of the moisture, you know. And yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I got to interject and mention that uh, I work with Karen and Greg on the radio stations here in town. And I'm thank you for letting me come on your your shows oh, and absolutely. and help you guys out. Uh, but uh, we, we talked about that when I was in the other day. It's like we're just really not confident. I mean, the models are showing it, yes, but we're not confident to pull the trigger. And normally, Corey and I put a confidence meter out, and we're like this and this. We didn't do one, and I, I was afraid to really say. We, we refrained from mentioning accumulation totals yeah, on this one. Yeah, because we just don't know. I mean, you, that storm had to be sampled. There and were like too you many said, yeah. things that could have gone wrong. Yeah, and it, and it and, did. Yeah, sure, it did. It, that was our weather word of the week last week. It's actually an official weather term called bust. Ah, <laughs> weather bust. Okay. An inaccurate forecast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that the uh, the center of the of the low of the center of the storm system tracked well south. Mm-hmm. I, I was remembering back to those uh, snows of the mid seventies that I still remember. Part part of the reason I remember that was I, I was still in college. And you walked everywhere on campus. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh-huh. it was like you, you froze on your way to uh, on on your way to and from class. But uh, but those storm systems, I was I was still very weather aware at that point in time. And uh, it seemed that just generally the track was if, if something lined up with the Panhandle of Oklahoma headed this way, we were going to get a snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. This other one went so far south it threw uh, threw warmer air up, and we got rain. Yeah, exactly. It just robbed everything. I mean, we knew it was going to go east because that's what the upper air patterns were. And we had to sample this thing. I mean, we don't have weather balloons out there in the ocean. I mean, I we guess. Should. They should automate that somehow off of a some well, sort I mean, of a, like they have oil derricks in the Gulf. They should have weather derricks out in the. Weather derricks. <laughs> right. Out in the. I, I think he, he's the a newscast, uh, weather caster in Chicago. Weather derrick. Yeah. Oh, weather, weather derrick. derrick. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think I'm on his Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if this thing had moved on shore, like they said, the upper air network that was already sampling the atmosphere had it going directly east, mm-hmm. and then that's where that that forecast came from. And it was, you know, we said, excuse me, last <clears throat> last week, the the models they were all saying the same thing. That's when we really raise our eyebrows, like this is weird, because they generally all don't say the same thing. But then we waited and we waited and we waited. And if it wasn't for a large area of high pressure over the Iowa, Illinois, northeast Missouri area, I think it would have been a little different because that's what was kind of pushing it down to the south. And it was very dry, correct? Oh, the high pressure, yes. Yeah, yeah very dry. And it was growing. So mm-hmm. so the, all you get all that sinking air. And yeah, the sharp cutoff, that was just amazing. If, if it had transpired like models thought it would, it would have come over. And right along the Branson area, there'd been a difference between maybe here in Highlandville or whatever with oh, yeah. zero versus like six inches of snow. And that's what these things do, just because you've got that bump right there on that high and, and that low pressure, which... It happens sometimes. I mean, I don't, I'm afraid of the ice. I don't like the ice. No. And because nobody can go anywhere on ice. I mean, I stay home, but let's <laughs> say <laughs> a four wheel drive. You've got a nice yeah. truck there. Uh, you could have 12 wheel drive, and that doesn't help you on ice. Yeah, it just gets you to the scene of the accident. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit quicker. Well, the average chance of a white Christmas, average uh, for our area, is around 13%. And I think we've hit many years of 13%. I think it should be lower. I think it should be more like. Three percent because it, we just haven't had one. But astronomical winter begins on Friday. I mean, we've had all this snow. Mm-hmm. We're not even in winter yet. This is still fall. That's the well, we thing. haven't had all this snow, but it has yeah, been we have in the <laughs> region. My hometown in Iowa's had thirteen inches wow. already. Already, already, yeah, and in one storm. Oh, is that that blizzard yes. that went through? Yeah. Wow. 13 inches? 13 inches. What, what did we say? What did we say St. Joseph got? About eight inches? Somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, my gosh. But uh, some data on that winter, astronomical winter starts Friday at 423. So everybody uh, get outside and hug your trees and... <laughs> and uh, the yeah. shortest day of the year. Huh? Shortest. Yes, exactly. And a fun fact I saw, it's five hours and 50 minutes shorter than on the summer solstice. So there's almost six hours difference between the longest day of the year 
and the shortest day of the year. Never stop to think about that. That's no, no. Well, wow. I, I just, I okay. What do you guys think about the daylight saving time and switching the clocks? I wish they would just keep it at one. Just set it at mm-hmm. one just and go. It alone. I would, one. I would keep it on daylight saving and not, not standard. But I, I would lean that way because I just, I'm, I'm one of those people that kind of sometimes have to work late into the mm-hmm. a, a, late afternoon, early evening, and I can still get home and get my yard mowed before dark in the, yeah. in the, in the mid, late the summer. Sun doesn't set, yes. Yeah. I don't like getting up in the dark. I find it difficult to get up in the morning. I was surprised you were here for this, uh, for yeah, this event. <laughs> hey, I've been, I've been up. For a while. Yeah, be careful. There's somebody sitting back yeah. there that can verify I've this. I've been up now. for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the times right now, people get up and leave for work, and it's dark. And by the time they get off work, it's dark. It's dark. It's yeah. dark. I remember because yeah. everybody knows I perform at the Hughes Brothers. It, it's strange because in the summertime, I can go out at intermission mm-hmm. on the night show, mm-hmm. which is about 9 o'clock, and it's still light. Still twilight, yeah. Now... I'm I'm coming home from the afternoon show and the sun is setting. I don't like that. <laughs> right. I, I I just don't. So I, so, uh, so you would maybe if we if we left daylight time on and yes. and then don't change it. You're kind of like Corey and yes. You'd, you'd oh yeah. That. that that yeah. I was if we do daylight saving time and leave it there. Yeah. But I don't. There's been some talk about that kind of changing, and but I mean, nothing ever gets done. Either so. way, pick one and settle on and it. And settle on it, yeah. yeah. Uh, because it had use a long time ago. I would get that, and I think we did a weather school on that. Uh, yeah, we did daylight saving time. I'll give that to you so you can put it on the site and okay. people can know. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of site, we uh, Karen runs hometowndailynews.com. Is that right, correct? That's and correct. we do a daily video weather update mm-hmm. for them, and it goes to all five five radio stations. Right. I think. Right. You can you can go to krzk.com, mykomc.com, kcaxbranson.com, 1029thez.com. All of those will have a link. Yes, and gregpyron.com. Oh, well, not, not quite. But, oh, not uh, yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm lurking in just about all of those other addresses that she mentioned. Lurking <laughs> is the perfect Yes, so word. definitely yes. check out their page pages or whatever. We do that. They've got great news, great sports, and now hopefully great weather. Great right. weather. It is great weather, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's move on to what everybody uh, wants to know, the Christmas Day historical data for Springfield. Now, we don't have a lot of observations for Branson, so we kind of have to rely on what the, the Springfield office does. I mean, there, we have like a weather observation system, but it's nothing like what they have in Springfield. So, And, well, and Springfield has been a, a, a weather service city since back in the 18, late 1800s, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And they've had that there. And they uh, have four major recording sites, one being... Uh, Joplin, uh, Springfield, Rolla, and what's, what's the other? Is it West Plains? I think maybe so, West yeah. West Plains, Plains. Mona, right. Vichy has uh, had some. Vichy has one. Rolla, Rolla and Vichy is the same one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, Branson's been here, but I mean, but before, you know, a long time ago, they had the Weather Rock. Yes. Oh, so sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, the and people didn't write down. Wet, it was wet, uh, it was raining. raining. It was raining, yeah. yes. That's what we still go by here at Stormdark. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's one of our tools. Excuse me. We have a bunch of tools. Yeah. Yeah. There's, the, there's the woolly worm and the ladybug. And the persimmons. Don't forget oh, the persimmons. And the persimmons. Yes. Oh, that's what we should have brought out, Corey. We're going to have to put that. I'm going to make a weather school on that, that. Did you know all those are weather myths? Yes, they are weather yeah. myths, but and aren't they fun? They're they're fun, but uh, you know the woolly worms. Everybody says, "Oh, you know, big bushy black woolly worm. It's going to be lots of snow." Well, it hasn't really snowed in yeah. years. So they're, they're, <laughs> here in the Ozarks, we call them old wives' tales. Yeah, old right. wives' tales. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, historical data: the highest maximum, in other words, the highest temperature ever recorded in Springfield. On Christmas Day was 74 degrees in 1889. That's a long time ago. That's quite a while ago. It's really before a lot of the records were even kept. Yeah, I think they started in 1880 or 1881, something like that. So they just got in on it. The lowest maximum, in other words, the coldest high is... Seven degrees in 1983. I remember that. I remember that one well. 
well, highest minimum. So when we say the warmest low temperature <laughs> is 58 degrees in 1998, so we must have had a warm front come through. Mm -hmm. An overnight low of 58 mm -hmm. on Christmas on Day? Christmas. That's crazy. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, coldest minimum, in other words, the coldest uh, ever recorded on Christmas Day was 10 below zero in 1983. So Which follows... Yeah, I, I was yeah. seven years old, and I still remember that. Can I go back to 1988, 1998? Well, oh, you're the, the highest minimum <laughs> of 58 in Springfield? Yeah. Okay, I have verified information, trivia, Okay. on that day. All right. It's not that day, but it's four days before, because that was four days before my son was born. He's turning 20 this week. Oh, wow. And I was in the shower. And my wife likes to start the car before she goes to places because she doesn't like a cold car. Well, she was nine months pregnant. She went out to start the car, and she slipped on the ice. Oh, ouch. And she fell, and it put her into labor. Ooh. Oh, dear. And we had a chance of ice all that day from where we were in Miami, Oklahoma, to Joplin, Missouri. And this was oh. December 21st, 1998. So we must have had quite a warm-up from December 21st to December 25th in 1998 because the low minimum was 58 that day. Ah, wow. so, yeah. interesting. Exactly. Wow. Mm -mm. That's amazing. And on that Christmas uh, Eve, Christmas Day, when it was so cold, when the low was 10 below and uh -huh. the high was 7 above, yes. we were loading up our small children, getting ready to go to Arkansas to visit my parents. And we got about five miles south of town, and the car just quit running. No way. Oh. Just the engine died, and it wouldn't restart. When we got it to the shop, we discovered that the um, crank, the steel rod that goes down from the distributor, and the old distributor uh, distributed ignition vehicles, yeah, that distributor had snapped. So if it's cold enough... To freeze a distributor off a of Lincoln, oh. you know, <laughs> it's pretty darn cold. <laughs> I kind of pictured a, a Clark Griswold wow. station wagon there. For yeah, the Griswold. <laughs> this, was, this was a little better than that, but uh, it still failed in that extreme weather. So what did you do? <laughs> well, we uh, we got a hold of some, uh, well, actually, I think we were carpooling with uh, another carload of family people, so we... A couple of us got in the car and went back and got a second vehicle, and then squeezed oh. everybody into two and all the packages because we were doing Christmas. Oh and gosh, all. that's was, right. And, and you had small children, so you had all the small children stuff you got to take. <laughs> so that we was a real Christmas like spirit. Martin yes, Griswold. By the time we got it all loaded up, into all you needed vehicles. was the tree on top of the car. Much, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh mm. my gosh. Well, the wettest mm -hmm. uh, was. <clears throat> Wettest meaning rain was yes. 1.47 inches in 1888, and the most snowfall ever recorded on in Springfield was three inches, just three inches. Now that's the hardest one to believe out of them all, I think. Yeah, but that's on Christmas, now, right? But still, now you could have had like 10 inches already on the ground, but actually that that actually fell that day. That's uh, over 120 years ago. Mm -hmm. I know, 1892. Only three inches. Yes, and here's some hmm. fun stuff. The last time snow fell on Christmas Day in Springfield was in 2010. Hmm. Point one. So we had a dusting. <laughs> <laughs> the last time any snow was on the ground on Christmas Day was the morning of 2009. Weird. Mm -hmm. Most snow to fall on Christmas Day, three inches in... in okay, we did that in, in 1892. Most snow on the ground Christmas Day, nine inches in 2002 so it didn't fall but that was already on the ground so really in 2002 we really had a, a nice white christmas mm -hmm. that would define you as a as a white christmas that would, I think. Yeah. That would yeah we'll talk about those those snow gradients uh 2000 and i believe it was nine uh we were traveling to Miami, oklahoma which is only a two-hour drive from here you know we hit springfield and go west on 44 and we knew that they were under a winter storm warning, and Branson wasn't under anything because Branson was right at 34 and not really moving. Well, we knew that the temperature was dropping right around Mount Vernon. Once it did, the snow started falling fast, and by the time we got to Oklahoma, the interstate was closed. Hmm. And that's just how big, large that gradient, small that gradient could be in, in, a, in an area. Uh -huh. So we got about you know 15 inches of snow two hours from here and none over here. So yep. that's when I had a lot of snow on Christmas, and Branson didn't get any that, that year. 
So that's usually how it happens. It's we amazing how Mother Nature works like that. Mm-hmm. Remember the ice storm, that devastating ice storm in Springfield, mm-hmm. and we got nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. It right. knocked uh, my parents' electricity out for like eight days, mm-hmm. and they have a we have a well, so their water was generated with electricity. Right. So I remember my dad calling me and it's like, son, we need help. We don't have any water. I mean, fortunately they had a fireplace and gas heat, so mm-hmm. they were warm mm-hmm. and a barbecue grill so they could eat, but they didn't have any water. So I'm like, well, that's crazy. So I went to IGA, got gallons of water and headed to Springfield. And the weirdest thing is once I got almost to that curve that goes to Highlandville, mm-hmm. all the trees were glistening white, mm-hmm. just like a line like a cutoff. That was the strangest wow. thing. And I've got pictures. I'll show you those pictures mm-hmm. sometime. But it was, but just the cutoff, you would think, you know, it would kind of gradually, you know, start, you know, mm-hmm. getting kind of icy and stuff. No, it was a definite line. And that's what freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and my parents live on the north side of Springfield. So by the time I got there, I mean, the trees, I mean, talk about here and saying we, we missed it and going to Springfield was just like a different planet. My father used to used to tell us about um, ice storms up in, in Iowa, and mm-hmm. you'd go out after after everything was had fallen, and it was so quiet, and then you'd hear what sounds like a gun gunfire, Ooh. and it's the crack of the limbs and things oh, that are falling. Oh, the trees falling. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And he said yeah. it just sounded like a shotgun mm. shot. This uh, this ice storm you mentioned in Springfield, uh, we were actually visiting some relatives in Nixa when that was starting to fall, uh-huh. and our first clue that something was going on was when we heard one, it wasn't the gunshot thing, but it was just a loud thud, and uh, a limb had iced up and fallen off and kind of... Gl- glancing blow off the side of the porch and we looked oh. out and said oh my gosh it's icing up out there we got to get home <laughs> yeah. oh wow that was your first clue i mean yeah. you didn't know oh yeah we gosh. we knew we thought maybe it was raining or sleeting a little bit but it was just a really heavy ice accumulation was happening quickly mm. and uh one of one of the trees in their yard just uh Gave up some limbs readily, and so oh. you know, I think it's time for us to go. Well, I think we're pretty lucky here in Branton. We've since I've lived here for the past twelve years, we've missed a couple ice storms that have hit to the north and to the west, and we are very fortunate because we live in the heart of the Ozarks, and we're known for our scenic beauty. You drive along the high road, can you imagine what that would look like with all the damaged trees? Because it takes years oh, and yeah. years and years for that for them to recover. Oh yeah. So it wouldn't be what it is today if we would have had an ice storm. Now, will we ever have an ice storm? Sure, we're, we're gonna eventually we'll have one. I, but the, the chances are there. I was just gonna ask, um, have we had? You know, we've only lived here since. Are you, are you on? Is, is your mic here? Make sure your mic's. Try that again. We've only there you lived go. here. Okay, there. <laughs> Little technical issues. Uh, yeah. We've only lived here since 1999, and oh. you know, so of course we haven't experienced an ice storm here. Um, I just wondered when was. Do you remember a time when there was actually ice here in Branson? I mean, what you would call an ice storm? I remember because uh, I think I told this story last week or whatever. I, uh, my my wife and and and. Her, and our dog, <laughs> I had to take my dog out. I can't remember. It was like 2001, 2002-ish, maybe 2000, 1990. I mean, so I, I was working at Shoji's at the time, so I know that was kind of around there, that we knew an ice storm, freezing rain stuff was coming, and I took uh, our little dog out at night, and you could just hear, you know, the the like you're saying, kind of like the pops in the distance. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked over to the southeast, and there was a big green flash. Oh. And all of a sudden, all the power went off. Oh, dear. And it was off for only six hours, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. that's the first real ice event that, that you know, we've had since I've lived here. I moved here in 98. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, but they're not fun. They're not at yeah. all. <laughs> and, and the thing, you know, people, you know, the difference between a winter storm, a blizzard, and an ice storm, I think the ice storm is the worst because the ice storm can paralyze you. You, you can't. I mean, you could lose electricity. You can't go anywhere. That's mm-hmm. the thing. True. You can't. I mean, in, in a winter storm, you could probably, you know, wait till 
they plowed the roads and then get out and then go somewhere. But no, in a blizzard, you just don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> it ranks right up there with a flood and a tornado, basically, yeah. and, or yeah. and damage. Why, you know? Oh, sure. How much yeah. it would cost, you know, mm-hmm. for in the millions and billions of dollars, depending on what what kind of damage it does. Because damage to that infrastructure, you know, Empire and the electric companies, they have to repair almost everything. And can you imagine? Mm-hmm. And of course, you, you get a lot of help from. Across the country, usually, you know, we send uh, crews out to other parts of the country, like during hurricanes. I'm sure they would come here and help. Yeah. You know. Well, kind of like so. they did to the Joplin tornado. Right. Didn't exactly. Yeah. It right. came all over to help, which was fantastic. And what I didn't know, the Hughes brothers and some of their older kids went to help right after that Joplin tornado. So I'm going to try to get them on the podcast. Oh, that would be great. Oh, that, I'm know. sure they've got stories. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like the older kids and stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, well. You mentioned the yes. uh, there was an ice storm. I can't remember the exact year. It was in the early 90s. Janet Ellis had just joined us at the radio station not too long before. So a turf fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll really. her. We, uh, we arrived for the early morning show that morning, and the uh-huh. roads were treacherous. You know, they had that skim of ice and we just picked our way in and our four-wheel drives and parked at the top of the hill you know there's a pretty steep incline going down to the studio there yeah so we parked there and i was just inching my way down on foot and janet decided she was just going to sit down and kind of slide down the hill and part way down she lost some of her paperwork and I said, Janet, just let it go, because if she had gone after the paperwork, she'd have wound up somewhere down by Roark Creek and had <laughs> yes. missed, missed sliding into the studio lower parking lot. Oh, my god! <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was one of those times when uh, you, you would have really liked to have had a rope or something to, you know, pull yourself back up to the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we got, got a call. We live at the bottom of Elizabeth Drive, mm-hmm. of course, over in Table Rock, mm-hmm. and the UPS man during a similar storm called from up the hill Mm -hmm. i have a package for you but i'm not coming down your road (laughs) and so i talked him into i knew what it was Mm -hmm. article of clothing yeah and and i said just if you can get out we're at the bottom of the hill just give that box (laughs) (laughs) and slide it down and he did and it hit the drainage ditch in front of our house but it still got there and we got out and rescued it (laughs) well what a way i mean especially if you're doing uh, you know clothing if it's not going to break you might as well just Bam, and sure. just just make it go down there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I I do give give credit to the Branson uh, Modot. I mean, they they actually do a really good job of treating the roads mm-hmm. and getting out there. And even you know that event, that non-event, mm-hmm. a snowstorm or whatever. Yes. Corey and I both saw the trucks all out getting yeah. prepared and everything, which they, is they really... had loads of salt mm-hmm. and the blades were attached to the front end. And yeah, they, they weren't were spreading at that point, no, but, but they, they were, were out. Ready. They were ready. And mm-hmm. I told Corey, I texted him, and he. Sent him a picture, and then he, you were somewhere else, and then you sent me a picture back. We're going. Yeah, there's a harder house over in Hollister. It was Modot, so they mm-hmm. were they were ready, which is a good thing. Absolutely, because they yeah. had the same information as we did. Mm-hmm. That's true. Maybe they're Stormdar fans. I don't know. Well, let's get on to the El Nino update. Everybody's wanting to know about El Nino, and uh, it looks still on track. Uh, An El Nino watch is still in effect, and it looks like about a 90% chance now of it developing during winter. we got those sea surface temperatures are are consistently between uh, a half a degree and a full degree centigrade, and they keep kind of edging up. So in order to be a classic El Nino, you have to have a consistent rise over a period of at least three months in a row and that that's we're getting there now so uh el nino will more than likely shift that storm track to the south Corey and i've been talking about that for the several podcasts here it's like the storm track will come in mostly in southern california go over to the southern states and uh so and they've already experienced a, a lot of you know, rough weather so far. I mean, all that snow went down there and they had tornadoes and they had stuff, which is kind of a classic El Nino, but uh, the the atmosphere isn't quite catching up to what the sea surface temperatures are doing. Usually it's a, it's a fluid pattern. So we do see the El Nino developing in the ocean, but we don't quite see the 
wind patterns following that yet. But if uh, El Nino keeps, I mean, the warming keeps going, then we're going to see those patterns start to take shape. And then more than likely, you know, a low will develop over the Gulf of Alaska. The counterclockwise flow will put all this stuff into California. So unfortunately, they're going to see a, a bunch more rain, which they don't need. Didn't they have just mudslides or something mm-hmm. out there? Torrential rains and stuff? Because there's nothing to hold the the soil or the the earth in place because they've had fires and so right yeah right. they get a little bit of rain it doesn't take a whole lot of rain out there to create a mudslide in that certain ash in that situation yeah oh. ash muck how yeah. about muck that's, um that's so cool. yeah it could be catastrophic with a lot of rain man and and i i know a few people out that way i mean that mudslide, you don't want to mess with mudslides either. There's so much no. environmental stuff that you just need to avoid, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever. So uh, El Nino is expected to continue during spring. So if that, we're going to keep watching that. So if that continues, it may be an active spring. And I know from talking, Greg and Karen, to you in the past, you y'all are avid weather you know, people too. You want you like the excitement as much as we do. <laughs> want, want those storms and and uh, but maybe not you, snow. You know, the the older I get, the more I like those storms to be between two and four in the afternoon rather than at uh, What's midnight. Up at with night. Yeah, I was just uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. When, when did we shift to this? Storms after dark stuff. I don't know. It's driving me and Corey nuts because, we, you know, we sleep at night. People sleep at night. <laughs> it's frightening when to. it's yeah. after dark I, I, and you can't honestly, watch it seriously. I think it's always been like that. We're just older now and we recognize that more. That it's later and we don't we, we're, we're wanting to be asleep and not we'll just pull know. the covers up over our head oh, and ignore the weather. I, I think we had a lot of afternoon weather. Um, in Iowa, lots yeah. of afternoon oh, yeah? Oh, weather. Yeah. 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 Well, it, I mean, we know it's, it's all dependent on where it sets up. The problem is, is if the greatest risk for severe weather is in central Kansas into central Oklahoma, the time of firing is right at that four or five o'clock area, mm-hmm. but it's so far away by the time it gets here. It's after dark. Yeah. We're asleep. And depending yeah. on where that front frontal boundary is i mean it could go from oklahoma to kansas right up into iowa so you're probably right we probably did have a lot of i mean they're prime tornado alley right there so mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah and those lows yeah they shift and sure. go right up there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how many tornadoes i mean do you have lots of tornadoes up there in iowa do you remember yeah quite a few that's actually how i got interested in weather was i was terrified anytime i saw a dark cloud outside because i had seen Oh my goodness! The Belmont tornado was in what was that? Sixty six, Keith. Sixty six. Wow. Charles City was in sixty eight, and those were my my becoming aware and watching the news years, and so terrified me when I got old enough to really study about things like that. Um, I remember reading about tornadoes because I was so afraid of them, and started reading about them. And was fascinated, and from that moment, the super out reading the National Geographic's from the super outbreak of what was that seventy two, and reading those those articles, and I was hooked. So yeah, mm. we get there's a lot of tornadoes in Iowa. Wow! It, and you can see the tornado coming for miles, <laughs> kind of like in Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, you could just see them across the plain and. <laughs> And everything. Mm-hmm. And we talked to Mike Griffin, weather uh, meteorologist from the National Weather Service. He moved to Cleveland, and uh, we had him on via, uh, what do you call it? Skype. Skype, yeah, Skype, iPhone, FaceTime. FaceTime. That's what I said. FaceTime. <laughs> FaceTime. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was talking about they that up in Cleveland, they have water spout season. And oh. he, almost oh. every day, once he got there, he'd go out and see on Lake Erie. He said one time they had five water spouts just lined up. He said it was the most crazy thing wow. he had ever seen before. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would be actually neat to see. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, a water I, spout. Would I mean, be just cool. to, just to walk outside and look and go, wow, look at that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. But they usually don't come on land because they're water. It's right. like a hurricane. Their mm-hmm. waters, their, their sources from the water, the warm mm-hmm. Lake Erie mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see a lot of tornadoes in your your days, Greg? Uh, not many. Uh, as as a matter of fact, I have yet to personally witness a, a funnel cloud me too but uh i do know um back uh in my mother's time 
and in an ad's time in the in the 40s, a tornado devastated my hometown of Berryville, down yeah. in Arkansas, just across the line here, wow. not far away. Uh, the um, there was a small uh, spin up back in my early radio career in Berryville, and uh, that took a porch off a house about two blocks away from the radio station where I lived. Wow! And then there was uh, uh, another damaging storm that came through here in Branson that uh, I think took, uh, I think that was a downburst, so it took a roof off of a motel out on the strip. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And, uh, and then, of course, the, uh, the, the big tornado on, on Leap Day, I was on duty that night. So. Oh, that's right. And sitting there in the dark, and um, then the lights flicker, and they go off momentarily, and then the generators kick in. You think, thank God for the generator. <laughs> you know, oh, I kept bet. Oh, you had to cover that that night. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I knew, you know, wow. I, I knew exactly when it was hitting right there in town because of the the power surge thing that, that we experienced. Did not know at the time that we really had a tornado on the ground yet because you know the the warnings had had come by. Yeah, there's a tornado. Well, you know, it could be anywhere. You know. Yeah. You don't expect it's coming right down Highway 70. <laughs> That's the weird thing. Right. That's the weird thing. Was that thing. not wild? So that, yes. was, that was a crazy night. And then I walked out uh, by light of day because we worked all night, and there's this huge piece of roof, like a uh, corner of someone's house. You know, the roof had lifted wow. off. And it's lying in the parking lot right, right up next door to where I'm standing. And I'm thinking, had that hit a tower? Had that come in the front window, had that crashed onto our roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but fortunately, it just got laid down out in the right. middle of the parking lot. My uh, my first it, week ever doing radio mm-hmm. on KELR in Sheraton, Iowa, mm-hmm. what, we had tornado warnings three out of the four nights that I was there and running back and forth. and Three lear- out of the four nights? Learning, oh, my gosh. Lear- learning trial by fire, learning how to run to the teletype machine. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I got some help but and ripped the warning off and mm-hmm. run back into and trying to stay calm. Yeah. It's hard to stay calm when it's you're hearing the 10-bell alarm on the old teletype, yes. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that kind of leads us into the weather school. That's what I was wanting to ask you about for the, for the weather school. When, Like, how do the radio stations, I think you kind of answered this already, but but how what, when we get bad weather, I mean, how do you get your information, basically? Does, are you, does the National Weather Service just con, contact you? Do how, how does all that work, and you get the info out? We're uh, we're connected, uh, of course, to the National Weather Service. We all have weather radios at home, and mm-hmm. I encourage everyone in this part of the world to own yes. one Absolutely. because it is it's just such a, a great early warning. And and we don't just have it. Uh, mine is not just set for the Branson area. I range out three or four counties. Okay. So I, if something's coming, I'm I'm aware two or three counties away. So yeah. if, it's, if it's if it's coming at fifty or sixty miles an hour, I still have plenty of time to get to the studio, and then is when the mornings usually issued about the time we get there. Uh, but uh, we we do that. Uh, we're also connected with the city of Branson Emergency Services. Ted Martin is very good, and if yeah. uh, if there's something brewing that uh, his his uh, people are are looking at ahead of time, he'll always include us on the call. We're also uh, a conference call. You get yeah. a conference call. Yeah. Okay. And and the same thing with the weather service. If uh, if something is brewing there, they'll they'll include us on that as well. So that's great. I want to be on a conference call sometime. <laughs> that's oh. Corey's been on a couple, haven't you? I've been on several. I'll, uh, From TV. I'll... My very first conference call was uh, May 4th of 2003. Uh-huh. And that was the day that, well, it was the night before uh, the tornado hit uh, Pierce City. Oh, Battlefield yeah. Yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. Stockton, mm-hmm. so that they hadn't really done a whole lot before then, but they picked a good time to start, I guess. And they've had several mm-hmm. since then. They they a lot of the times right now, I know they have conference calls with media, which includes radio, TV, and then they have a separate conference call with uh, emergency management officials and hospitals. A lot of times, hospitals definitely yeah. should. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I was working at uh, Cox here and I was on several conference calls there as well so yeah and and the whole process evolves uh, they have almost annual meetings now where or anytime there's an event uh, a big weather event they'll have a, 
um, a post-event session where everybody sits down, here's what we did, what could we have done better? And out of this, some of these other things come, like uh, including media on conference mm-hmm. calls and different things. See, right. that's good that, that everybody gets together and like tries to figure out you know, what could we do better. Exactly. And stuff. Back in the day, and this would have been the mid, mid to late 70s, we were getting um, on the teletype anything from um, UPI, the wire services. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and that was definitely not efficient. And the yeah. way it's handled today is much better. Yeah. Much quicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had the old weather wire as far as part the of weather our, wire, the weather yes. wire. The weather wire. I remember that. Those. And so, and again, it was just, you know, spitting out useless facts for most of the day on a big roll of paper. But uh, when, <laughs> it was noisy. When, and we were noisy. Very noisy. But when the, yeah. uh, when the time came where you really needed those warnings, that was the way they were issued. Uh, you know, you go back uh, a couple hundred years when <laughs> the Weather Bureau began, and they, 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 they you get your weather from Washington, D.C., they send you a postcard <laughs> by mail. <laughs> they send you... Wait a minute. Back, it, back, back, or yeah, or early on. Uh, which got on a train. Before before we were, you know, electronically connected as a nation like we are today. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure maybe they could teletype, or uh, rather uh, telegraph something. But, uh-huh. um, but no, for the most part, if you wanted to subscribe to the weather service, if you were a farmer out here in the middle of the country, you could uh, sign up for it, and they'd send you uh, either a weekly or a monthly postcard that would kind of have the weather on it as as they were predicting. And it was, of course, broad brushstroke, general terms, oh, al- yeah. almanac-ish stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was the early day weather. I well, think that- my father-in-law, he's a farmer. He still subscribes to that. He's not much for apps on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, yeah, we have all the apps. We have all the, oh, yeah. you know, computer. We have websites. Yeah. You know, Facebook. Every, you know. Everybody's got a got a product out there now that's weather related. You know, oh, yeah. you buy all the different name brands, but uh, essentially, don't don't they all kind of go back to a central source? Do they derive some of that stuff from the same source, like the Weather Bureau does? Well, others? I mean, that's what we do. We yeah. we, we go, go to all the official sources: mm-hmm. National Weather Service, Storm Prediction Center, Weather Prediction Center, Climate Prediction Center, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the local offices with the forecast discussions, the Groundhog. <laughs> Groundhog. And the Weather Rock. Yeah, there you go. Weather Rock. And, (laughs) you know, all all of these outlets, very seriously, and all these methods and being so electronically hooked together has increased the amount of time that people have to get to safety. You know, if it's a tornado or or whatever it is, you know, the the preparedness, um, if people will pay attention, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you're going to save lives and property and, and that's the bad thing is is, is we, there's a fine line between warning and overwarning, mm-hmm. and so True. that's something i know the national weather service is con- constantly working on because they don't want to overwarn yeah. uh, my, my buddy marty wilhite's from uh norman oklahoma and he's he said you know it just got to the point where they say tornado warning and it's like yeah okay whatever let's go play ball yeah, it's tuesday <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's tuesday yeah, it's just yeah. another day but now with the technology and the specificity of everything, you can kind of pinpoint where that's Now I'm from happen. Oklahoma, yeah. and they know when the tornado warning is issued, whether to go outside and look for it or to go in the basement. And how they uh, determine that here in recent years is the day one convective outlook. If they're in a moderate to high mm. Mm-hmm. That kind of sets off a, a, a red alert to all the the broadcast media. Mm-hmm. The, we're not playing around here. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and usually, sometimes a PDS tornado watch will be issued, which is a particularly dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Which is another red alert, red flag mm-hmm. that you need to really take this thing seriously. Yeah. And and uh, talking about the way the Weather Service and others have refined their processes through the years, and just a couple three years ago, if they would issue a warning, a storm warning for an area, it would be this huge uh, rectangle if the storm was going from southwest to northeast, and that was the warned area. Ah. Well, now if you watch on your radar, those uh, big rectangles turn into little parallelograms and different uh, Yeah, it's called a warning polygon. 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 So, yeah, so as they, uh, as the, 
as one area is passed by, basically, by the storm, uh, they, they, they change the outline of the area that is actually under the warning. And I think that is, you know, again, gets back to that specificity and uh, pinpointing yes. things. But the only thing that, that, that I don't like about that, and mm-hmm. it's nothing to do with the National Weather Service, is usually the TV stations. Corey and I, you, know, you and I have talked about this before. Let's say a storm is just northwest of Taneyville. Mm-hmm. And it's headed to the northeast. Mm-hmm. So they pop that polygon warning mm-hmm. just barely in Branson, uh, in Taney County, right. and on into Douglas and, and Ozark yeah. County. Mm-hmm. Well, the entire county is warned. Mm-hmm. So Taney County is under severe thunderstorm warning. Well, then people start messaging us. You well, know, it's, yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> if, <laughs> if a sliver of Taney County is included in the warning, just, you know, two houses. Yeah. Your weather radio is going to go off for Taney County. For Taney County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, Which, and that's, that's misleading to me. But it's really hard. You only have a, one, you know, repeater or transmitter for yeah. that signal yeah. for the county. So And, and isn't the uh, uh, verbiage then, uh, is it more specific when they tell you where the warning is? It's yeah, not, if you read the yeah. text, then yeah. it'll say Northeast Taney County. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where we really go into gear because we start posting graphics. We say, you know, if it's obvious it's in Taneyville and going Northeast, Branson is in the clear. Mm-hmm. here's where it is we'll post a graphic you know tell them everything like that mm-hmm. and that's that's the better way to warn as, as opposed to you know i mean the national weather service is fine they put that polygon there you can see it mm-hmm. you know i mean if you know how to read a map yeah. mm-hmm. you can see that is that right there Very cool. well something we do on stormed our weather we have a special weather word of the week and mm-hmm. let's get to that and this week's weather word of the week we'll give it to karen so the weather word of the week <laughs> is rhyme. Ding, 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 ding. And we're not talking about what Greg did when he read the poem. The poem at the first Exactly. Show. This is different. <laughs> this is R-I-M-E. R-I-M-E, yes. Mm-hmm. And what's that mean? Frost formed on cold objects by the rapid freezing of water vapor in the cloud or fog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just this really hard ice that... You know, really mm-hmm. adheres. And the freezing fog thing, we had some freezing fog the other morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was before I got up, so I didn't really, really see it. But yeah, because <laughs> I don't get up early. I'm a musician. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's that, you know, when it gets cold enough, the air is moist enough, and yeah. that temperature gets cold, and then that rhyme that it's kind of, it's almost dirty in a way. Just it's mm-hmm. really hard ice, kind of mm-hmm. ice. Frost ice. And, and interestingly, I got up this morning and uh, checked Springfield TV weather, and they were saying, yeah, it's mild start to the morning. It's 36, and I'm thinking, great. And I went out, and on my hillside where I live on North Bee Creek, I had some of that rhyme ice still oh, on my windshield. Man. That second day in a row, it's like, <laughs> I can't bust through this. <laughs> well, that air temperature. He can't bust a rhyme. Oh, oh. Wah, 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 wah. oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Which was last week's weather of the week bust. So, yeah, there you go. But yeah, when you have this this relatively dry air in the afternoon in mm-hmm. the daytime, the temperature gradient is pretty high, yeah. so we're getting down. But the problem is at night the dew point doesn't go anywhere. So that mm-hmm. air temperature meets the dew point, then suddenly you've got fog and like you said, then if the temperature gets down, bam, you've got all that rhyme. But I bet by nine o'clock 10 o'clock, it was just all gone. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, rhyme ice is uh, one thing my uh, buddies in the flying community are always very aware of because uh, uh, you get an airplane up in the clouds and it starts that icing on your control surfaces. You got some real problems there. Aviation. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, aviation. Rhyme ice, big enemy to aviators. That and birds. Yes. And and hailstones. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Especially frozen birds. And drones. (laughs) Oh. Or frozen drones. (laughs) Oh, the drones. That's another podcast. We should get into that. There you go. Well, another thing we have is the This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, you got something? This Week in Weather History. Uh, We're going to go to Arizona. Okay. What do you think of Arizona? Nice and warm. And sounds nice oh, yeah. and warm. Yeah. Toasty We're going to go to central, north central Arizona, the city of Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. That's uh, chilly. Yeah, it's a little cold, cooler. Well, on December uh, 12th of, let me get the year here, 1967, not that long ago, mm-hmm. uh, they got a trace of snow on the ground in Flagstaff. Uh, between 
December 12th and December 20th, they got nine inches of snow. Ho! Every day. What? Wow. Nine inches of snow recorded every day from the 13th through the 20th. Oh, my God. So they had a trace on the 12th, and by the 20th, they were buried under 84.6 inches <laughs> oh. of snow in Flagstaff, Arizona. You know, if anybody had coined the phrase climate change back in 1967, they would have thought it was happening right then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Absolutely. That's a lot of snow. Nine inches every day. Wow. Can you imagine? My gosh. I can't, I can't imagine that. How long wow. does it take us to get 84? Four inches of snow, a decade or more. I was going to say at least a decade or so around <laughs> more here. She was that an El Nino or a La Nina year? <laughs> no I can idea. check. What, what 19, year was that? December twelfth through twentieth, nineteen sixty-seven. I can check. Okay. That now, would be interesting. Yeah, Just remind a, me that. Like, like okay. after when, once I post the podcast, I'll I'll put that in the in the blurb when when we post the podcast out there. Yeah. Cool. So remind me of that. Write that down because I won't remember. You know me. Musicians, we don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, Greg and Karen, it was a joy to have you guys on the show today. That was a lot of fun. I know. Thank I you. We wanted to get you guys on here for so long, and it just it, things come up, and we had Christmas season and stuff. And this is our last podcast before Christmas, and what a better way to spend it! Ho ho ho! With, well, with, we thank hope you. you have a very merry Christmas. Yes, yes. And Corey, uh, are you staying in town? This Christmas, or? Off, off to St. Joe to you're see grandchildren, right. yeah. mm-hmm. and you're back to Iowa. Yeah, no, we're no. we're all here in in Branson. We're waiting for a grandbaby to be born. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. So you you don't, you don't want to leave. You want no, to stay here? No, we're staying here. <laughs> yeah. Corey, where are you going? I'm going where I always go, Oklahoma, for three days. Oklahoma, right. and my mother's in Springfield. Got to mm-hmm. got to get you know my my. Family's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. My mother's in Springfield, so we're every Christmas just go up there and just have a great time. Sounds like fun. Well, good. Well, thank you again. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this time, and we want to wish everyone a safe and happy Christmas holiday. Join us in two weeks for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>